0: This is a podcast that contains spoilers, sensitive material, and acts of villainy. Listener discretion is advised.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your
1: brains.
0: Oh, right. For Christ's sake, why? Hey? Why? Why? Because we fucking can
3: commit evil to destroy the greater evil we make the terror <laughs>
0: We have two villainous guest members of the World Domination Committee joining today's meeting. Introducing Peter and Dimitro.
3: My name is Dimitro, and I'm pleased to be aboard this discussion. I'm
4: Pistol Pete, and I want to meet Dimitro's meat.
2: Whoa, how did we get into this saloon?
0: Four guys walked into a bar, and they made friends.
4: I have crippling alcoholism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not actually, but as far as we're concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So actually, uh, Peter and Demetrio work in the building that Trin and I live in. Uh, They are security guys. You want to talk about that? I think we just... Uh, Is it because we hired
2: them to defend the World Domination Committee?
0: Yeah, we need bodyguards now. We're so
2: big.
4: (laughs) We work uh, security. We deal with homeless crackheads. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be a part of this podcast and, and, and to defend you guys. What do you have to say to me, other? I, I love the
3: people in the building. Yeah? Really nice people. And the, and the honor of protecting them
4: is something else. Treat your neighbor, friendly neighborhood security guard with respect, okay, guys? Of course. They do a lot more
0: than people expect behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And especially when you get to talking to them, you learn that people like Demetro really love Batman comics, and Peter is also, like, ripped, apparently. (laughs) And meet your friendly neighborhood security guards and befriend them, and maybe one day, too, you can have them on a a podcast you're hosting. (laughs) All right, well... So, what uh, what are we covering today? Dutch Vanderlyn from Red Dead Redemption... All of us have either played or seen Red Dead Redemption, so we thought Dutch would be a good, uh, like starting bit for this special episode today.
2: So I feel like I, uh, discovered this, uh, when I was more in my youth, uh, and it, it like, hit kind of close to home because I grew up in Texas. So I felt like, uh, it's kind of, uh, all those old Western tales and whatnot, like, and toot and uh. Tootin' Cowboy? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have some John Wayne in it and whatnot, and i am like, oh, I would love to play a video game with that, because in Texas now, it's actually, we don't ride a horse to school. Uh, we ride, you know, we, we drive cars, but kind of want to go back to some of the old days, back where, uh, you know, you could ride a horse, and your horse will take you home when you're drunk.
0: <laughs> the American Dream was just something on the horizon.
4: I just like killing people with a revolver. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Ah, so that's what got you
1: into it. going to be vigilante <laughs> justice in this bitch.
4: Exactly. I mean, you can okay. literally hogtie people and then put them on the train track. Like, that's that's so, like, cynical. I love the game so <laughs> much.
2: It's so quite cartoon villainy. Exactly. Like, it's so <laughs> ridiculous.
3: It's amazing. I mean, you're also robbing stagecoaches as well. I, I
4: remember getting the game when I was nine. I rented it from the video store. When video stores were paying. Oh, you I know? totally
2: remember like that. Like I used Buster, to get from Blockbuster. Not. Yeah, yeah. Back
4: here it's called video dramas, mm-hmm. and like I remember getting the game, and I was like ten years old, and I was like super, super happy.
0: And you played it all weekend, and were like, I don't want to return this ever.
4: Yeah, well, it went, it, usually you could rent it for like seven days, so I had it for a week, and I remember just like just loving it so much. Did you finish it though? I did. Nice. nice. I did. Of course. M- many sleepless nights.
0: How about you, Dimitro? How did you discover Red Dead?
4: Honestly,
3: it was from my brother's PS3 collection. I saw I was like, eh, might as well give it a try. One of the best games I've ever played.
0: Yeah. Like, in, wow. In my defense, I've not played it, but I watched over Trin's shoulder and our old uh, roommate Bogdan, and the visuals were very stunning, the story was intriguing, and I was like, this is just like watching a TV show, but very long. It so. Is. <laughs>
3: It's a nice little like cinematic
0: masterpiece. Exactly, I like that. Exactly. Exactly. But who was our villain? Yes. So we know our villain is from Red Dead Redemption one and two, and today we're going to be talking about Dutch, who is a recurring character in this show. He plays multiple roles throughout this game series. Now don't doubt me. Come on, is it really Dutch?
3: You could argue, yes.
0: <laughs> You could argue he's a villain or he's not, but we're painting him as the villain today. I mean, hmm. the
4: characters themselves are all villainous. They has killed plenty of innocent people. The whole gang is. is I mean, that because of
0: Dutch, though?
4: Well, he was indoctrinated into was indoctrinated.
2: it. Oh, before we get too deep, let's, uh, let's dive a little bit more into uh, this world.
0: So, as we mentioned, Dutch is a recurring character that acts kind of as an outlaw, gang leader, revolutionary, eventually deputy. He is the main antagonist of Red Dead Redemption 2. But if we want to kind of tie into his origins, Dutch was born in 1855 to an English mom and, of course, a Dutch father who died in the Civil War.
2: Right. It must be kind of crazy to uh, be born during, like, a war. Imagine all of, like, the people born during, like, World War II.
0: Like uh Leonard uh Cohen, I think it was. Oh yeah, he was born in the thirties. The Hallelujah guy. Oh. So he was born during war, also was alive during Twitter TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
4: hilarious.
3: It's hilarious and cool. You get to experience technology advancing. Yeah, yeah,
0: and that's something that kind of dutch went through for red dead 2 he was born during civil war but also got to see a little bit of like the scientific or industrial revolution like seeing trains come into prominence and other advanced technologies yeah because
2: war happens how war happens his dad died and he kind of developed a grudge against some southerners like me i mean you weren't
0: that kind of southerner
4: but- yeah <laughs> no, no
0: no no i wasn't alive
4: <laughs> He just had a very, like, tough childhood growing up.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much the video game covers on it, but, like, as far as we know, it was great. great.
4: They, don't, they don't really go into detail, but you can tell it really shaped him in the future.
0: Especially after his mom dies, like, losing your parents, it made him value freedom and liberty, and also that independence, like we were talking about earlier, a little bit of the American Dream, but also, like, as far as I understand, a disregard for law that's upholding improper law.
2: Right. I used to have a problem with uh, not respecting, like, rules that didn't make sense. And I feel like Dutch really, uh, like, vibes with that kind of thing. Hey, this rule doesn't make any sense. Why are we following this rule? Let's not. Like, that's not how, like, the foundations of the principle should be.
3: So, like, a bit of a rebellious trait, then?
2: Yeah, Yeah, like like an anarchist, almost. Yeah. Like an anarchist, but like with like
0: almost like uh, rules themselves with what should be straight, what should not be straight. From like his initial, like his early life, when he resorts to a life of crime, as we see throughout the game, he kind of has this code about him where, yeah, he's doing something criminal, but he is doing it for, quote, the greater good kind of deal. He uses his life of crime to reach his goals to hopefully fulfill a better society, which we'll see how that works out. he starts noble
4: yeah he does and then
1: yeah
4: (laughs) he gets fucking work from killing all those innocent people Uh, all
2: those innocent people
4: yeah
0: in the mid 1870s Dutch meets Somebody who is, I would say, like, one of the first points on his villains arc, his mentor. He meets a con artist named Hosea, and it was kind of a funny story, because as far as I know, they both tried conning each other at the same time, kind of like a Spider-Man mean thing. Like, oh, you were trying to rob me? You were trying to scam me? Uh, I was trying to scam you. you
2: That's
4: how they respected each other.
2: Exactly. They were thinking about maybe making a gang together, Maybe uh, some merchants, you know, just selling our wares, uh,
0: robbing some people across the side of the road. Not that that many people know that, but they did form a partnership together, and that eventually was known to be the Vanderlind Gang.
1: Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Through their partnership, they kind of... They picked up people along their journeys that were either down and out, encountering horrible situations, or they thought there was potential. For example, one of the first members that they inducted was a 14-year-old homeless orphan named Arthur Morgan. Outsiders.
2: Ooh, 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 ooh. Arthur, Arthur. I
4: love Arthur so much. Why did he have to die? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you're good, you're good.
2: But I, I think a lot of it was kind of like, The ones without a home, um, the ones abandoned by uh, the more modern society. Right. Uh, With industrialization, uh, people who are left without anyone caring for them. Exactly.
0: I mean, who needs a mom when you got two guys teaching you the ways of the world, right?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Arthur's a beast.
0: And I would say he became a beast because he had these two, like, slick, sly con men kind of guys that taught him not only reading, writing, hunting, shooting, all this kind of stuff. But they taught him, like, here's how to deal with corrupt politicians and police officers and, like, the everyday man. Now, they...
2: here's how you get a silver
0: tongue.
4: Exactly. Honestly, for, for Dutch being Dutch, he is, back in the day when he was younger, he was a badass. He was. He was pretty badass, you know? And Jose, too.
0: And I feel like they both, or at least for Dutch, they started with pretty good intentions. Like, Obviously, it's misguided, but they both wanted to make a better world, like taking in these quote, strays kind of deal, trying to teach them the way of the world and make something for themselves. I think the fact that they were taking in a lot of broken people or the derelicts of society, like the ones that people kind of toss away was like a good motive. Forgotten about.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The the lost of society. Isn't this going to get so fucked up? How you go from, like, saving people to, uh... Becoming a cult leader. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Well, that's Dutch for you.
2: <laughs> well, we might see his, uh, threshold coming up when he, uh, fell for a woman. Never fall for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Slow horses and fast women will ruin your life.
4: Yep. <laughs> he literally, incau- like, that. that's his quote. That's his life.
0: Dutch you know fell for a lady named Susan. Who joined the gang, and then they broke up, and then he fell for another lady. So, I think this getting to involve kind of makes the gang's starting deal a little bit unstable foundation-wise.
2: And then we have their uh, their sister company kind of coming in. The
4: old
0: Driscoll Boys. I thought this was a rival gang. Yeah,
2: sister company, rival gang. They're pretty much
4: a more heinous gang. I mean, both gangs are... Crux, but the O'Driscolls are worse. There's honor with yeah. the Vanderlyn gang compared to the O'Driscolls. They have no yeah. honor. Like, they will treat their, they'll kill anybody. And yeah. And anything.
2: When it comes to like uh, uh, Dutch and hosea's gang with the Vanderlins, um, your family. When it comes to the O'Driscolls, it's
0: just business. Exactly. Mm.
4: And they kill innocents all the time. While at the start, the Vanderlyn gang they didn't kill any innocents. They just robbed them.
0: Now, is that why Dutch ended up breaking his truce with the O'Driscoll game? I I would think so, kind of being
2: like, this ain't right.
0: Yeah, he was questioning, like, there's they're no moral.
3: honor, there's
4: no morals in check,
3: yeah. they're like psychopaths
4: at this point. With yeah. that much the power, right. yeah. Yeah. they were on a power trip, they were killing innocent people for no reason. Exactly.
0: And I guess in a way this is kind of foreshadowing of what is eventually to come with Dutch, not that he would know.
3: There's a bunch of foreshadowing <laughs> in the
1: game.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So that leads to
2: uh, the threshold and trauma. So we went for mentor first, but this time threshold trauma is coming after because just how it goes sometimes in a game where you don't know the chronology is kind of skewed sometimes. Also, people. the
0: life of a villain is not set in stone.
2: Right. And so Dutch is scarred this. And
0: it's well, when... he's not scarred by the breaking of the truce. He's scarred by the fact that one of the O'Driscoll boys murdered his lover.
2: Yes. He's never gonna get over this throughout his entire life. He
4: feels responsible.
2: He definitely feels responsible and he
0: and he just wants revenge. It essentially starts a blood war between the Vanderland and the O'Driscoll boy gangs.
4: Yeah.
0: It's so hard. What
2: would y'all feel about like that? Like, uh, someone... Murdered uh,
4: uh
0: What'd you feel about that, Peter?
4: Uh, I'd obviously be insanely pissed off. You know,
0: I mean, you guys are like brothers at this point. You've known each other for over ten years. Yeah. And so, if you lose somebody like that, you are so tied in with.
4: But i go on a revenge. But to go on a revenge path, like to 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 be so mad to the point where you're willing to like literally slaughter, dozens the of people. people. Yeah. That's, that's 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 more than, that's a selfish thing to do. Like it's not, I felt it was more for him, than he was doing it for Susan.
2: Fair enough. I agree with that. Do you think Susan would disapprove?
4: Yeah, hundred percent. Like I know demetra would disapprove if I ever went on a revenge path. He would want me to let go and uh, and honor him by moving on, not by destroying his legacy by being a mass murderer. You know.
0: I also feel like some people would argue revenge is a dish best served cold, where you don't have to go and mass murder an opposing rival, but you can kind of fuck up their station in life. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is, I, th- I think, a little bit less on your head than just outright, like, killing. I, I think
2: also the threshold is where uh, Dutch loses his belief in humanity.
4: Yeah. I mean, he sees innocent people as just walking wallets. And anyone that he's ever loved and gotten close to him, he, they've died in some way because of the world. So he just, he's desensitized to humans at, 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 at the end.
0: He might see them more as tools than actual people, exactly. as he initially set out to. But I think it's going to
2: take some time for that to completely solidify inside of him.
0: I think that death of Susan probably planted the seed that started growing and growing throughout Dutch's later encounters. It's like
3: uh, it's like an apple; it gets rotten, 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 and then the full core is exposed. Yes, mutual exactly. hatred.
0: And rot can help a fruit grow, even if it's not a good fruit anymore.
2: Exactly. So. Here in uh, 1885 in Illinois, attempting to lynch uh, 12-year-old John Marston,
0: <laughs> there was a group of homesteaders doing that, God. and Dutch ended up finding them and kind of doing a little bit of vengeance, but also saving this 12-year-old kid.
2: Which this is just now Dutch like holding on, be like, I still have to believe in humanity.
0: He also needed a bigger gang.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some selfishness coming into it.
4: With every kind act he does, it directly impacts him in a positive way. So you can always argue that he's just doing these things for himself more than helping other people.
2: Right.
0: Right, exactly. Now, I think at, at the beginning, John and Arthur probably appreciated this because, you know, you're teenage boys with no family being attacked by people. So it sounds great. You know, you have this premise of, American Dream, New Frontier, Western society, like, we're gonna be living on the lamb, but in a fun way and doing vengeance. So for teenagers, Are you saying he's, on, he's on the lam? Mm, is he on the lamb? I think these teenagers thought it was good. They probably didn't know any better because they didn't have any better to go from. So joining the Yang was, like, the best case scenario for them.
4: I mean, if you really cared about John and Arthur, then he would. He had enough money. He would have sent it to school or something. You know, Tried to get, really? try to give him a better opportunity. Instead, he just taught them how to be professional criminals for his own personal benefit.
0: Right. You make a good point there. Like the fact that he has some success, yeah. but it's like I, I just need more. I need my memes to be spread amongst these kids. I want to keep getting this benefit, even if it's through other people. Exactly.
2: Yeah. But in eighteen eighty seven. Dutch and the gang had their first major bank robbery, and they made it off with $5,000 in gold. Now, Now, did he
0: send the kids to school with this (laughs) (laughs) $5,000?
2: Oh, well, no. uh, They went to the school of hard knocks. Oh,
0: it's a hard knock (laughs) life for (laughs)
2: us. (laughs) No, but $5,000 in gold was a lot back then. Inflation has been a bitch. Yeah, we're in
0: the 1800s. That's unfathomable. That's a
4: lot of money.
0: It's a lot of my life. Oh. And in gold too. Like that's hefty to carry around as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I mentioned, did they hand it out to the children to send them to school? They kind of pulled like a, a Robin Hood kind of deal and they gave it to people that were in town that were destitute, which, you know, sounds pretty good at face value. But this ended up with Dutch becoming a wanted man because he's a robber and he is redistributing the wealth.
1: Sure we,
0: yeah, and the people, like the government, the cops, they don't like
2: that. And also, during this time, I think uh, there's also a bunch of people that were down and out. Someone like uh, Javier, who might not have been taken super uh, great into this world because of uh, racism at the time. Um, and also, just... Uh, wasn't having a great time with a bunch of other criminals like Bill Williamson and also uh Sean McGuire, which is uh an Irish fella.
4: Oh, I love Sean. I remember Sean. Sean is cool. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh Irish fellows at this time were also uh not seen as uh the most uppity uh white people. No. Yeah, there was some uh racism for them too.
0: <laughs> right. So basically, Dutch's gang is kind of becoming like an island of lost toys situation. Like, I'm finding people that everybody hates, and I don't care if everybody hates you. I love you, or I'll find a way to use you to my advantage.
4: Exactly. Manipulate them completely.
0: Now, though Dutch's gang was altruistic in nature, even though they were rogues, they took on this mantle in society as Robin Hood figures, Taking from the rich and giving back to the poor in efforts to make a difference in their world.
3: And uh, Dutch wanted to see him as such a such a figure in the Wild West, a renowned figure, and he mm-hmm. romanticizes by well, by so many points. He likes the liberty and the freedom, while well, he's always been rebellious against the government right. and the capitalism, corporate corporatization. Fuck him. <laughs> And he always fe- felt an eye for an eye in most situations,
4: which is punishing the cruel and the selfishness.
1: He wanted
3: society. to be
4: like a classic cowboy, you know, with honor amongst thieves. And to, back in the days, you can become famous from being like like a famous bounty hunter, you know, a famous outlaw. Exactly. And There's respect. Back in the day, there were so many outlaws. Like, there wasn't really a proper government form because of the Civil War. So there's a lot of thievery and bandits going around everywhere and and to have a gang and to be the head of that gang and to be known throughout uh, and to be the best throughout all the other outlaws. It's like seen as a big honor, you know?
0: I think also promoting your own sense of divine justice in a lawless society really is that factor that spurred people on to make those gangs and to make their names.
3: Exactly. Make themselves a little utopia yeah' uh, for thieves.
0: a savage utopia one might say
3: exactly
0: right, but basically
2: Dutch was like was trying to almost do his first star of a cult
0: <laughs> to yeah. tr- try future to make cult leader
2: future oh, cult yeah. leader he's trying to make enough money to almost buy a compound like buy all the guns, keep all the guns like you know make almost make a new nation in a sense, he was completely uh Crazy in the idea that you could have a nation without any laws or rules and I complete. Mean, wasn't freedom. that what
0: Texas was back in the day?
2: I mean, yeah, that's what <laughs> Texas was back in the day. <laughs> he wanted to go
4: back to the time where outlaws were were free to roam and to and, and to become powerful because now the government was becoming way more powerful and they were sending in like the FBI and it was starting to become a thing, you know, God federal cool. agents. That was later on. but Yeah, they yeah. were hunting down outlaws and, and then killing them.
2: Weird question, weird question. Do you think he was more mad that they were doing it, or do you think he was more mad that it wasn't him in that position?
4: Mm. I think he he, he's, he doesn't care about keeping balance and peace. He cares about having absolute power. He just, I think he just pissed off that they were like, discrediting him, like, by taking away all the outlaws, by putting society back to normal, um, it's pretty much killing his legacy, and what he could become, so he he, he takes it personally, because he's a selfish person.
0: I'm sure he also thinks that, like, his way is the better way, yeah. compared to, like, a government figure.
4: Mm, exactly. So you're saying,
3: he want he doesn't want to keep a promise, but yet, he slowly, begins to up his violent crimes like murder and robbing and ransoming people to all in the name for himself and the gang.
2: Well, I, I don't so think it's necessarily us. himself. I think he's still kind of delusional here.
3: You could say that, but
2: I think he, he I think he feels like he's looking out for the best of people that were abandoned.
3: Ah, yeah.
0: I think one could also argue that he is trying to prolong the inevitable, because by 1899, Dutch started to realize his way of life was going to be upended by the Industrial Revolution. So he was kind of grasping at straws for that last uh, reign of power, straw. in a way, from from that Wild West mentality. Mm-hmm.
3: So it's like his last-ditch effort for a bit of glory before it all comes crashing down.
0: I think. Well, I
2: don't even think he knows that. I think he's, he still has dreams. That can still be like aspired to. Like, he's like, we're gonna make it just like he tells like Arthur Morgan or John. Like, we shouldn't go out west where we're free again.
3: That's true. But at the same time, like in 1899, I don't think there was so much of the Wild West anymore.
0: A well, lot so more than there is today. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: oh man. Oh. Do y'all remember the Wild West of the internet?
0: With like <laughs> Nancat?
4: I do not remember.
0: When the that. internet was just porn and Clean cats. And, and, and now it's just <laughs> deep fake porn and cats.
2: I mean it's still the wild west out there, but it's way weirder.
4: It's yeah, a it's a lot, lot of weirder. A lot of a lot of porn. A lot of porn. <laughs> <laughs> Too much porn. Too much.
0: <laughs> we wanna see more cats.
4: More wholesomeness, more innocence. Don't add the two, just separate. Cats and porn. <laughs> no, not together, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
3: uh oh yeah, as I was saying, he believes in this mentality but the, but in that year, civilization is encroaching on all sides from east to west coast. Yeah. So that he's he's stuck in the middle of it.
2: And we're gonna be like kinda of skipping around here a bit, but uh, maybe like his relevation and uh death wait, say again? Yeah, his revelation in death is he tried to uh, sell some stolen gold, nearly gets killed in a bar fight, and maybe was saved by this ally,
0: like, outlaw, Micah.
4: Ugh. Oh, no. Oh,
0: fuck that guy! Much to the chagrin of everyone else in the gang, because they got bad vibes from him.
4: fucking mustache sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fuck
2: Micah.
3: The whole handlebar
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I was getting a mission uh,
0: and set Micah on the thing, I was like,
3: oh. It's no. always bad. You it's always bad.
0: It's so hard. So a recurring theme of our analysis on Dutch is going to be, ugh, not Micah again. Now, Micah is a part of the gang, and people are getting bad vibes from it, but the gang continues to do what they're good at doing, which is robbery. Including that of robbing a ferry, making off with a hundred and fifty k. However, this didn't end perfectly for them because they had to run away to the mountains.
2: All in Blackwater. Oh yeah, Blackwater. Uh, something that we have like just small details of, and everyone has a different story. I think it's on purpose. I think Dutch is trying to control the story. I think Micah is trying to control the story. And then when you're playing the game, Arthur is actually telling the real story.
0: And today, we are controlling Dutch's story.
3: And uh, the whole robbery on the ferry. Yeah, he killed the woman there. And that really shook Jose's belief in him.
0: Yeah.
3: Is he, did he change?
0: I think that's also kind of a weird shift that you have when you have a mentor, is if they see you and no longer trust you. It's no. almost
2: like going into a saw trap, like because I bet uh, there Dutch felt like he was in a saw trap and he had to kill that woman in order to save himself, even though she was innocent.
4: What well, did he do it on purpose? For sure, need no witnesses. But that's—he
3: didn't have to kill her, but he decided to.
0: He could have brought her into the gang.
4: Exactly. <laughs> he's a—he's an honest gentleman, but. Uh, feel like you felt like it's a lot easier and quicker just to kill her and then to deal with her.
0: Yeah, leave no traces.
4: Yeah, at that point you just completely lost like any feelings towards human beings.
0: I guess when you're in a certain situation, as far as like I've heard from a few people in very dire situations like military or something, you have this switch that you turn on or off of. Okay, there's no empathy, it is do or die, like, protect or, like, survive kind of deal. So maybe Dutch had flipped that switch.
3: Yeah. He had to revert into his, his animalistic behavior.
0: Right. Which, it doesn't make it right, but it's something that people do.
3: But then, that's where the game starts up, when you're riding into the mountains with the whole gang.
0: Yeah, so everything we've talked about thus far is not really gameplay. It is background that you hear via newspapers or people talking or even just lore that's established. Yep. So when we start off with Dutch, it is them fleeing from this incident. Where oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. And they run into a homestead run by the O'Driscoll gang where a shootout erupts. Fuck the O'Driscolls. <laughs>
3: the one time where Michael
4: was actually helpful oh yeah yeah I agree the only time he (laughs) was helpful
2: so this uh, introduction comes into my favorite character of uh, Red Dead Redemption is when um, Dutch and his gang with Arthur who was a very grown adult by this time and no longer a kid comes and saves someone named Sadie. Now, Sadie...
1: She's...
4: so hot. Come on, come on. Come on, keep it professional. Keep it oh. professional.
2: <laughs> That's staying in.
0: That's <laughs> going in the vault.
2: No, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing. So, the O'Driscolls have uh, killed her husband... And uh... held her hostage, right? Held her hostage, and it's implied that uh, more things have gone on yep. during the entire encounter.
4: Goddamn old Driscoll boys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, the Vanderland gang, who has honor at this time, comes in and goes, Why are you treating this woman so terribly?
0: And they free her. And eventually induct her into the gang just kind of as a part of circumstance.
2: And then, like, everything she's had uh, like up to this point, she's lost her house, she's lost her husband, she's lost a little bit of her uh, honor, so to speak. Mm. And she feels like she has nothing left. She's hopeless.
0: What? <laughs>
4: <laughs> she's still got her looks, though. <laughs>
0: She still has her looks.
4: <laughs>
0: I don't think that means much seen. to her at this point, it though.
4: It means much to me.
0: So... <laughs> okay... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Did you get a specific
1: kink there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the the Veralyn gang... Uh, kills the old Driscoll boys. And uh, starts treating her her with honor.
3: Yeah. The recruiter.
2: They recruit her.
4: They showed the respect, basically, yeah.
2: Yeah. A good meal, being like, we recognize you lost everything. Dutch even comes over and being like, this is a terrible situation. I know where you're coming from.
0: Uh, We can help.
3: He feels a bit more empathetic.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, after this heartfelt moment where Sadie is rescued and finds a new family in a way, uh, the gang attacks another Driscoll camp and learns some details about a train that should be robbed. Now, as a quick aside, just for me, I think I mentioned earlier, I learned of Red Dead because of watching uh, Trin and our old roommate play the video game, and that was specifically the train robbery scene. So that so stands out in my mind as like, a very iconic bit of the Red Dead series. It's awesome.
3: It's completely awesome. We're I mean, he's counting like... down, and they're the armored car, the <laughs> yeah. armored train car. They're there. all wearing masks. Yeah. And every
0: gentleman. Let's make some noise. It's very intense and very cinematic. Yeah, they really want to
4: show how amazing it feels to actually be an outlaw, like this badass, like against society. And and that that scene really did show what it feels like to be an outlaw. My you
2: know? my favorite part is when Bill Williamson, part of the Vanderlyn gang fucks up the dynamite. Oh, yeah. He's such a dummy
4: McDumb farts. Like, he's... Just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he, uh, at 90, 99% of the time, Bill Williamson has no idea what he's doing. Is I'm he surprised he smoked? can wipe his own ass. Like, I, I'm actually...
3: Either he's playing
4: it dumb, yeah. or he's drugged out of his mind. Or he's, he's drugged yeah, out of his mind.
2: <laughs> it's almost like that uncle...
4: Exactly. Now, Uncle is the best. I, His I little Uncle carries He's <laughs> like, Oh, I love him so much, dude. Ah. All right. So, yeah. anyway,
2: they attack this train. And they actually get to stop after all the fuck ups that have happened. Thwarting the O'Driscoll
0: clan's plan.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get in before.
4: Yeah, damn O'Driscoll, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is the
3: introduction of somebody that will be chasing them down until the later part of the game
0: who might that be out of the many people that chase down the vanderlyn gang
3: a rich rich fat cat by the name of leviticus cornwall
0: who oh, <laughs> oh. I think he has bad feet who who
4: to name my son leviticus I'm such a snotty
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> he'll just be called Levi from Attack on Titan. What? And he'll just be called Levi from Attack on Titan. Oh that's <laughs> my God! Oh, problems.
3: That
2: guy
4: is sick. Like, sick AF. <laughs> oh, he is. Oh, he is. Okay, we're getting off track. Exactly. torn <laughs> <No>. Cornwall.
2: <laughs> so they get the bonds and whatnot, and they're trying to get away with it, and they kind of finally settle into a warm, like, locale.
0: Yeah, after trying to get into the mountains and get more money, they finally find a good place to land. However, as they do, the gang gets into trouble with another gang called the Pinkertons. And you know what?
2: These Pinkertons, they're a private company coming after Bonds, which is kind of weird how uh, the government is interacting with private business. And... Uh, They're trying to secure that private business because it's so important to the railways at the times and the infrastructure.
0: Right. Now, Dutch's gang sees the Pinkertons with their government affiliation as a threat. Arthur tries to convince the Vanderlyn gang to move, but Dutch thinks that the Pinkertons aren't going to be much of a threat. Despite this, Dutch ends up being proven wrong with the encounter of somebody named Strauss and one of his fellow gang members, John, being captured by a rival, Leviticus Cornwall. And
2: who would think that John would get, like, roped into all this? And I think uh, in this scene, it's Arthur and, uh, Dutch Dutch drinking in a bar, and then all of a sudden, Cornwall, like, he comes in, like, yelling at the saloon, like, come out, I'll kill all y'all, like, going crazy. It's
3: Leviticus Cornwall, and I will not have you mess around with my
4: business or something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so He's
4: compensating for something.
2: <laughs> we see a lot of Dush's uh, silver tongue because he uh, he he like whispers to Arthur like, "Hey, you get the guns.
0: I'm gonna go out and negotiate."
4: He'd be great for ASMR.
0: Oh yeah, he'd be amazing. <laughs> I feel like that's also a pretty prominent thread for Dutch is he his modus operandum for most situations is I'm gonna cause a distraction and y'all will figure the rest out.
3: Yeah. Always wants a scapegoat for
0: everything. Mm. Ooh. Ooh.
2: He's such a Karen. <laughs> kind of. He's like would he be a Karen? Hey I'm gonna go complain to management y'all go steal in the back. <laughs>
3: exactly. Isn't the Male term for Karen, a can
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: For a lot Westerns,
4: it's a Dutch. It's
1: a it's Dutch. A Dutch.
2: <laughs>
0: now, this worked to his favor because Dutch ends up, Dutch and Arthur rescue both Strass and John, and they all fight their way back to the camp and skip town.
3: And then they decide to uh, basically look for another place to go, and they go south this time yeah. around.
2: Which means that Dutch is basically
4: on the lamb. You could say, things went south. What a zinger. (laughs) Okay, stop.
0: (laughs) Now, after things went south, things actually kind of went positive for them for a little bit. They moved camp, and Hosea, Arthur, and Dutch ran into a sheriff who was trying to shut down an illegal gold operation. But that went to the Vanderlyn gang's favor. Right. And so the gang kind of captures
2: the outlaws, but it's like in a weird part of town where they're like, oh, I'm a new sheriff over here. Uh, can you help me with this? Because I'm so inexperienced with this. I suck
0: at my job.
2: <laughs> Basically, I suck at my job. Can you help me? <laughs> I guess he was trying to do community policing. And then so uh, they help him with that, and uh, the Vanderlyn gang kind of cracks down on some moonshine like operations that are funded by a really rich family called the Braithwaiths.
0: Now, I want to note really quick, as they are cracking down on these moon, moonshine operations, they became deputized for a short <laughs> period of time. So most of the time, they're outlaws, cult leaders, people on the lam, but for a short period, they are actually deputies, which you would not expect. It's kind of like small-town politics. Yeah.
3: But during all of this, one, one afternoon, Uncle went to a bar, and he got uh, a little fucked up. up, absolutely smashed. I mean, it's Uncle. You know, You know, the guy's going to get drunk either way. Got to <laughs>
4: respect the hustle, man.
3: So, he, uh, two people from the the O'Driscoll gang came to him and requested that uh, Dutch and uh, Comb O'Driscoll taco things over so uncle gives brings back the news and uh, Hosea was there Dutch was there and so was Arthur and uh, obviously Hosea left during the whole scene and he said it's a trap and everything
2: oh yeah we knew it was a trap and uh, poor <laughs> Arthur should we talk about Arthur a little bit here he was supposed to uh, be uh, looking over the meeting.
4: Firstly, Arthur's an absolute figure, chad. I have nothing but respect for that man. I would do anything for him. He's anything, anything.
2: So they 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 had a meeting, right in a neutral spot.
1: Yeah.
2: Right in between uh, canyons. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, Arthur goes up to make sure that nothing goes bad.
3: He's in the sniper position. Uh-huh.
2: He's in the sniper position. And we know that Dutch is coming with some really, um, some grudges coming to this meeting. Because Driscoll is the one that killed Susan.
3: But, uh, yeah, no. They come together. I don't know how the... I don't... It's been a while since I played the game, which I kind of want to go back and play. (laughs) This whole thing. For the fourth (laughs) time. Exactly. The game's amazing. But anyways, they come talking, but I don't think anything gets resolved, and... Arthur, while they're still discussing and about to leave, Arthur gets jumped. Yeah, he gets by the O'Driscolls. Yeah, by by one person, he got jumped and he got knocked out, and he, he was tortured, captured, but
4: somehow he managed to escape. Somehow, Buddy well, took it like a like a tank and just got out of there with barely any scars because he's Arthur Morgan. no or, this, exactly, and he's well, an absolute beast. let does well, discuss great. about
2: this like a little bit. Like he was the the so if we think uh Dutch is bad, we see the schools They hang him up and he's upside down.
4: Yep. Yeah.
2: And uh he has to cut himself off with a like a small piece of uh metal yeah. he he finds on the desk. And he cuts himself off and even though he's shot and he's been like tossed around, he goes and puts the shotgun shells into his wound. Yeah. Yeah. And then he puts fire on them in order for them to explode to cauterize his
0: wound i mean that's pretty smart thinking honestly
4: he's, a smart <laughs> guy. he's just a fat ass he just he gets the job done you know no matter what to he'll he'll do whatever it takes to survive which i respect
0: now i'm curious what was dutch doing when his like one of his favorite sons was kidnapped and being tortured and also torturing himself in a way
4: well probably shitting himself like, <laughs> like he was like he for sure had no idea what to do
2: I I think he's probably, like, arguing with his wife, like, I don't know where Arthur is. He's
4: just probably trying to find an excuse to leave him there so they can continue on the mission, because the amount of times that he's just, like, left them to die, it's just ridiculous. many people to die.
0: Yeah. Well, at this point in the story, at least, as far as we know, he hasn't left his favorite kids to die yet.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think he considers them his kids. Or do you just go... So far, they're, like, more like pets to him. Ooh. That have, like... You know, out, like, gone. It eventually, when a dog gets too old, you know, you have to put him down, right? When it outlives its usefulness. Right. Jesus, yeah. okay. Okay, now I understand, okay. Yeah. That's how okay, Dutch that's views Arthur of... and John, for sure. Are you kidding me? That's how he views everyone. And eventually, Arthur
2: makes himself back to Dutch. Yeah. Just proving his loyalty as an old dog.
4: I respect the fuck out of him, though. <laughs> it's just sad that you got manipulated by a complete like Karen of a guy.
3: But uh, a little party was thrown for them, if I remember correctly.
4: Yeah, a little party
2: was thrown, but uh does it really make up for like uh, torture and everything? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the
4: trauma. Like, I don't know. You're
0: and, not gonna get over that.
3: He was, as you say, a sigma male. He could just walk it off. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur can. But uh yeah, no, they, they go back to the Braithwaites. They continue the whole burning the the wheat fields, destroying the moonshine shack for the
2: Burning the whole house down. Oh, well, and all that the that also theory. all of this was Hosea's idea of trying to play them against each other, but Dutch I think got too grand with it and tried to uh, escalate it. Like putting gasoline on a fire.
3: Yeah. Blew it out of proportion. Yes. So and it started to like become peak 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 until they were going to a sheriff and it was Bill Williamson's idea it was oh bill,
2: bill always has great ideas yeah mind
4: exploding <laughs> ideas.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's,
4: that's really what Bill Williamson thinks on a regular basis he <laughs> He has, like, what, like... He's still a deadly gunslinger, though. (laughs) but he's just an idiot.
0: His two brain cells are used for shooting. Yeah,
4: exactly. exactly. Shooting and drinking and beating women.
3: But, uh, but, uh, yeah, no. So the whole plan was for him... I think... Yeah, they were going to the sheriff thing. But it was Sean, Micah, Arthur, and Bill. And the whole town was quiet. Too quiet. (laughs) And Sean uh, utters the... uh, No, somebody says this... This doesn't feel right. It was Arthur. It right? was Arthur, yeah. And then Sean rebuttals saying, This don't feel right. I'm going to have to get shot in the head. <laughs> Another, this
2: don't feel right, Lot. Another time. Oh, um, me, Laddie. And, oh, hi, hi, I. I, I, I oh, this is perfect for me.
3: <laughs> but I, is, he,
2: oh. oh my gosh, I love Sean so much. He was so optimistic. Who doesn't love Sean
4: at this point? I <laughs> for being a ginger and not having a soul, you know? <laughs> you okay, still respect Eric the hell out of him. i still respect the hell out of him. He was a badass character. But he actually, like, you remember the scene where he talks back to Arthur? Yeah. No other character did that, and then, you know, Arthur... They walked away with him. Yeah. The, Arthur and, 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 and Sean had such the, a great relationship. He was like his little brother. Yeah, literally, little Sean little called man. Arthur his brother, too, like...
0: I mean that really ties back into that family vibe that Dutch's cult gang, whatever kind of. They actually saw, yeah, each
4: other's family.
0: Even if Dutch is kind of like fuck y'all, you're expendable. They had that vibe with each other.
4: They actually cared about each other, you know. Oh yeah, but uh, another point. This was another time Michael
3: was useful. I never. Those were some cool tricks he did with the guns. He shot the guy on the roof immediately. Took out his left hand. Shot the guy there. There was another one on the opposite roof, and ran into cover. All in a quick motion, too. That was sick. I'll give Man, him that. Still he's, still a, he's still an ass, he's still but he was doing. sick in that scene.
2: Oh, Micah's definitely going to corrupt Dutch as we get further. Oh, definitely. Even though he is a badass, maybe because his badass skills corrupt I don't Dutch. think Micah...
4: Well, he, he is pretty badass for, for his skill, but his past is kind of relatable to Dutch's past. Pretty much... He had a fucked up childhood, abusive father, his mom was a prostitute, and I don't think he even ever met his mom, and pretty much since childhood his dad taught him how to murder people and how to steal, and pretty much that kind of fucked you up as a kid, so he kind of saw human beings as expendable, and pretty much before meeting the gang, um, Micah was on the run for killing his own father and stealing his money, and that's actually how he got... In trouble and in prison in Strawberry, right? No, 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 that's oh, another situation. Oh, we
2: oh, we entirely skip Strawberry. Yeah, Dutch uh, uh, Dutch ordered uh for Arthur to go uh free micah from Strawberry. Yeah, this is much earlier on, but like we completely forgot. <laughs> yeah,
4: bring up either way, you know. Like it's another important part. Of it just shows the show. how micah is just causing problems either way for the gang and, and, and wasting time. He's just a very... He has a habit of doing that. Yeah. Even Arthur was not sure. Like He said multiple times, you know, it's better if you rot in there. Yeah, you know yeah it's yeah. better if you hang. No, legit. But how this correlates is pretty much like Dutch and Micah, they kind of have a connection in that way where they have had such a rough past and, and, and upbringing that, you know, it just completely desensitize them to to, to 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 human beings entirely you know and,
2: and i think really dutch really uh responds well with that because he's really trying to bring in like the people from like all edges
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then someone with such a rough childhood like you know he goes you'll be accepted here
4: yeah but at the same time like he i feel like he feels sympathy for micah but micah he's the type of character to put it in a way where he feels like he deserves sympathy, even though he's the one that caused everything. He's in actuality, his father probably wasn't abusive at all. He just like wanted to kill him and take his money and, and then waste it.
2: Or maybe he, uh, maybe his father was abusive and he learned it from him.
4: Yeah, perhaps, perhaps there's many situations, but I don't know. It's hard to, to trust Micah and, and, and the stories that he tells. Hmm. He's That's the true. type of character to boast, even though he's not what he's what he says he is. You know. No, you're right. The whole strawberry thing was a mess, too. He shot him the the town. He's no. not an honorable uh, outlaw. He's the type of outlaw to stab you in the back or or, or or manipulate you like he's a coward. He's 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 a he's a he's a rat. He's a mole. Yeah. You know. I
0: feel and- like that kind of taints Dutch over time because he starts honorable and then. Maybe as his influence from Micah persists, it makes Dutch more cowardly throughout.
3: Yeah, yeah, now he starts listening to him more and more.
2: I think uh, once Micah comes back to the camp, the Pinkertons show up.
3: I think so. I I don't remember. It's been a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and... They show up in efforts to make a truce. They argue, as far as I know... That if the gang delivers Dutch to the Pinkertons, the gang will be okay. But it doesn't work out well, and Arthur gets captured instead.
3: Yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, I, it took me a, it took me a little bit to remember. Yeah, they walk into the gang, and everybody had their guns drawn drawn at him. But they slowly talked, and obviously they want, as you said, they wanted his head for how much? Ten thousand dollars.
2: Which is a a crazy amount today It's like millions of dollars
3: Yeah, and uh, he said no And uh, some of the gang members I think were ousting them to get out now And they they walked away peacefully And unharmed and They were the lucky ones
2: And I think That moves us into Going to the Braithways. The Braithways find out That Dutch and Hosea Are actually playing them Against the other family And as they're being played against their family, they want to take out vengeance. So they find a tiny child because they're villains inside of themselves. And they kidnap this child. And they hold them hostage. Basically to say, don't fuck with us. What goes on from here is basically the Vanderlyn gang wanting to get their child back. Even though... All these politics have fallen apart These two families are already in a blood war And now they're in a blood war with the Vanderlyn gang And they've stolen a child And that's just a step too far Especially right. for Dutch Who
0: has rescued John as a child Arthur for- and I'm sure other children But these are the two we knew were adopted during their youth This is just a step too far Even for Dutch at this
2: point that's just even though he's a villain he doesn't step over a certain line
3: yeah his standards at least yeah
0: keeping him back don't fuck with kids
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah dutch and co go and they attack their brave white manor oh they slaughter the majority of the family in an effort to for retaliation
4: it's not a nice thing to do
3: oh but that that mission was Badass though. Walking yeah, down the, the huge oaks on the side with the whole Javier, Micah,
4: Bill, all the Dutch walked and loaded, ready to go down with each other, to die with each other. Exactly. It was so badass.
0: It's a fraternity in a way. Like we have this brotherhood, we are do or die for yeah. our beliefs. So even though Dutch has kind of fallen off the wayside, they're still bonded in that goal.
2: We also still see the good side of Dutch here, because this kid they're trying to save is Marston's kid. Dutch cares so much about Marston, he cares about his Marston's kid, and he goes, we're gonna get all of the gang up here to fuck up everything until we have Marston's kid.
0: Yeah, and they end up burning the manor and interrogating one of the few survivors for info on Jack, Marston's kid.
3: That whole information that brings us to a certain Italian mobster by the name of Angelo Bronte.
2: Oh, Angelo. Oh, some Roman pizza, some pizzeria. Some...
4: Yeah,
2: some
0: Machiavelli. Yes, Machiavelli. Nino's pizza.
4: <laughs>
0: Always delicious.
4: <laughs> pizza, pizza, Yeah, no,
3: so right before they... <laughs> Right before they uh, they go find Angela Bronte, they move camps so, like, they won't, the Braithwaite and, uh, I, I don't remember the other family. This is weird.
0: Dutch's gang is always on the lam. Yeah. They're always trying to evade someone. And so... Like, I, I know the other family, but are they really
2: important?
3: They are important for, like, chapter three, which is the yeah, whole well, feud.
2: Bless your heart.
3: But the Braithwaite were the major ones in that whole situation, yeah. No. Getting back, so they moved to an abandoned uh, little little house that used to be like where the Civil War bedroom, Civil War officers, would reside while the soldiers fought on the battlefield right next door. Right. Right. And so they took up. It was it was a house, and as you notice over time, it starts getting worse and worse and, and worse. worse. Yeah. The whole situation.
0: So it's not much of a home.
3: No. Yeah. And it's, well, it was from a camp, you know, let it, like green pasture, it was nice. Then it went down to, like, a lot of willows, a bunch of trees, all over the this, which, I it's beautiful, but it's a step downwards, you
0: know. It's decrepit. Yeah. Could be the best word to describe it. Where you'd find Lestat the vampire in the swamp?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's also another thing, it's like, in the swamp too, there's a bunch of crocodiles all over the place.
2: Nice. Free meat. For Dutch, I feel like this is... He's starting to get more desperate. He He's had to move again.
0: And I feel like he would have a sneaking suspicion. His followers are losing a little bit of faith in him. They've moved so many times. They've not had the success he has promised them. It's always kind of just, oh, we're going to get money. Oh, we're on the lamb again. And people are like, okay, are you for real? Where is the final point where we can settle down?
2: Where we can take a... A nice break period to go to Tahiti, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants their cruise ship, where <laughs> <laughs> we can just chill instead of worrying about someone coming in with a gun. But foreshadowing <sighs> never happened. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so uh,
3: they go and uh, they find out who Angela Bronte is, and uh,
2: in Saint Denis.
3: Worst place possible for Dutch because he hates civilization is the heart of a new sprawling city. Yeah, of Saint Denis. Yeah, and uh, there's a mobster, which you know I also like. It's the end of the cowboys and the start of a new gang, the mobsters. Mm. Yeah,
2: right. It goes from the cowboys to the
3: to the mafia. Mafia. Yeah. Mafia. Excuse me. (laughs) And. They talk you know
1: they're, they're nice
3: about it they talk about a, a trolley worth the stealing but the, they first invited them to a little a little party in uh, the the mayor's off the mayor's backyard where he gets to meet people some are even from reddit one the the colonel from mexico comes in and all that
2: they're the, the, also very important people who have very high places in office who are uh, ordinating the land
3: they're working their city to it. Like, you get to meet the mayor, the accountant, and everything.
2: You, you get to meet the people that are appointing the sheriffs.
3: So, after the whole party, they they enjoyed it. But, uh, Hosea was off. He wasn't feeling right about the whole trolley situation.
2: No, no. He he knew this was off. But Arthur and, uh, Dutch were just trying to really get John Marston's kid back.
3: Which they did after the. F- the first conversation
2: Yeah they they did but like you know they're also trying to suss out information
3: Yeah then the day came uh where they have to rob the trolley uh, It was a uh, Dutch Lenny another goody character
2: Oh Lenny and uh sorry to go back way back but uh one of my favorite scenes is uh In Lenny bar, getting Lenny oh. Oh. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. How where are you? Trin. I go,
0: Trin, where are you? Lenny,
1: Lenny. Just one
3: more drink. What <laughs> could
4: that do?
0: That's a great scene.
4: That, oh, that whole mission. He was the amazing. youngest.
2: Sorry, sorry, listeners. I shot to play the game to understand that part.
3: <laughs> that was amazing. That was something else. That was so funny. But yeah, no. So, the whole mission was... Uh, a waste of time, and uh, there were more cops present than usual, which is already like red flags, because somebody ratted out that they were there. And so they took their trolley, escaped the city, and Dutch was pissed. Yeah.
0: And amidst this trolley hijacking, they think they're probably out in the clear, as far as I would assume. But, of course, things don't always go as planned, and the trolley derails and crashes, which ends up giving Dutch a concussion and a major head injury that he insists is nothing to worry about. But we all know what happens to people with head injuries, at least when they're in their formative years. Hey, put me back in, coach. Put me back in.
3: Go on the field. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So after that whole, uh, whole that head injury, the next day, then actually the next morning, sorry, they woke up and they were on the balcony of the, the decrepit house. Uh, Jose and Dutch were arguing. For the first time, you hear them, like, they're
2: yelling back and forth. Well, no, 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 I don't think for the first time. I think they've been arguing for a while, but, like, it's Probably getting more heated. I think the fire in. is getting stronger. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And Dutch told Arthur to, like, say, we're going to go kill Angelo Bronte. And Hosea says, no, do not touch him at all. It was a bad idea. That was a major bad idea. But uh, Dutch insisted, so they got a little hunting party. They needed a boat first, so they go to uh, a little, like, swamp town in the middle of the swamps, and they get a little canoe, and that uh, game was cool. Like, you, you, you're in the water trying to find, like, a little, like, piece of something. Like, I think something fell in the water, and you had to go get it. So you wa- You had to be careful of some gators, too, which is also another creature. Oh, yeah, thing. I think I
2: referenced that earlier. It's like a
0: Florida man mission. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and there's, like, a monster gator.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was the monster. That was terrifying. I remember that they did that so well.
2: And you like, you have to shoot in the water almost blindly. Yeah, exactly. Like you can like you can see swishes.
3: That's no. Want to play Red Dead so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know this talk. Uh, but yeah, no. So they they get the the canoe boat and uh, they they go to the ports. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Called. Port
2: port is a good yeah. I don't know, like,
3: there's probably another term for it, but yeah. They raid it. I don't know who was on the mission, but uh, they captured him, killed his guards. And there's another funny thing is he has a pistol. It's the, it's the showing of uh, technology advancing, and it jams, too. Oof. So he, it with the, he throws it and hits it at John.
0: <laughs> That's one... Oh, um, my bullet's not firing. Well, use the butt. Bam!
3: I think it hurt him a bit, but uh, no, they... they they tied him up and they took him to the to the boat. and uh,
2: I also think it's uh, very interesting during this time, at least in uh, the United States, there's a
4: little bit of racism in
0: here.
1: Well,
4: yeah.
0: In the game or in the United States? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot in the United well, States. In the game,
4: too, there was racism. Like, Bill Bill was super racist towards Lenny. You could see the KKK in one of, like, the random encounters in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: it, it, it was pretty... Uh,
4: it was right after the Civil War know, yeah.
2: but I I feel like uh, our characters like Arthur and Dutch don't really see no. kind of like uh, that racism.
4: D- Dutch, he's not racist, but I think he just wanted to use Lenny like he wanted to use everybody else. But yeah, so he didn't get he doesn't care about skin color. He just cares if you're willing to work and make him profit. While Arthur actually genuinely was not racist. I
2: I I entirely agree with you. Uh, I think Dutch was like, oh, this is another automaton that I can use. Yeah, he's
0: like a puppet master. He he doesn't care about prejudices against you. He's like, ah, I'll use you.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Arthur is like, you're my brother. Yeah.
0: Which I feel like you could see in that whole bar scene with Lenny, kind of that like, I want to find you even if it's silly or like a little bit delusional.
4: He sees Lenny like a baby brother. Like he sees how he like how he views John. You know, he never had a family, so he. He genuinely sees them as like their brother like his brothers and he cares a lot about lenny because lenny is just he's just a kid you know i think he was like what 18 yeah, 18 or 19. like okay. he's just about being he's just about like he's about to grow up and experience life you
0: know i guess in a way it might be a deep cut but dutch adopting quote unquote all of these different people from different backgrounds is kind of like a foster parent in certain systems where you get paid money from the government to have a bunch of kids. Yeah. And you don't really give a shit about
4: them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's more for the money, but Arthur genuinely did care. John genuinely did care. The they people, all, they all care about each other.
2: At least for a time. Yeah. Don't like, saw
4: them as,
3: like, just human
0: shoes. Expendable, yeah.
3: Which brings back to the point. Uh, Angelo was uh, bidding the highest person to to uh, throw a Dutch into the alligators for money. And he was like $1,000, then 2000 and three. Well, none of them did anything. They just looked at him stupidly. And the uh, Dutch had enough, and he said for, uh, for, I think, Arthur to throw him into the water. Or
2: Are you really going to do that, Arthur?
3: After what he just said to me. <laughs> and so Arthur, I think it was Arthur, or it must have been someone else. One of them did it, that's for sure. Threw him in the water, and he gets uh, eaten by a gator.
0: Chomp-chomp, gobble-gobble, gulp.
3: (laughs) Big mistake, which is a huge mistake for what's about to happen later on in this chapter. And uh, so, everything's nice, you know.
0: For a little bit. Until, as always, the police close in. Dutch has the heat on him after this whole incident in the swamp. And he concocts a brilliant plan to go and flee the country. But he decides that, of course, to fund this operation for my gang or my cult, we have to rob the National Bank. Which, how much you want to bet that's going to go well?
2: Well, I will, I will say, after this little adventure in the swamp, they're just kind of, like, connecting, trying to get back to their Blackwater money. But... They can't really connect with it. They're trying to find out options. And also, they have Cornwall right on their ass because uh, they really uh, disturb them. So it feels like they're being chased out of everywhere. Yeah. And so uh, they're like, hey, now we need to go inside of uh, Denis. We need to uh, rob a certain places."
3: Of course, Josea protested against this cuz Oh yeah. He did not like it. It's in the heart of downtown. The no cop station's Jose a couple it. blocks away. It's a bad idea.
2: Which Josea is always the voice of reason throughout this entire thing.
3: Yeah. But of course, Dutch doesn't care anymore. He only sees it as an escape. Like this is it the last chance he believed after this all is free and everything, but
0: I feel like at this point it- for dutch it could be seen that he no longer sees himself as an equal with hosea even though hosea was his mentor he goes i'm pulling the stops i don't care yeah because he's desperate
1: yeah he's
3: he wants he's in control and he's desperate he wants to stop the bloodshed sean's already dead they don't want no more people dead so they go through it so dutch arthur micah bill and javier they're the ones with john And uh, Uncle too No, Uncle was protecting the camp They all go in to rob the bank While Hosea and uh, Abigail, uh, John's wife Cause a little diversion
2: Oh yeah And so they go in And they don't have enough time They definitely don't have enough time So they go back into St. Denis And wait into the bank They make plans, they make contingencies and, unfortunately, Cornwall has been following them.
4: Should go south very quickly.
2: Should go south very quickly. They think they have five minutes. They really had two.
4: Yeah. They were screwed from the beginning. So they, many people died.
2: Which means, I think Micah actually leaked info. 100%. 100%. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's true.
0: I smell a rat.
2: He's a mole. He was a mole from the beginning.
3: So like when they, they robbed the place and the police were waiting out there and they were shocked because like, they, had, they had time but uh, it was the Pinkertons involved and they had Hosea True. captured and Abigail I think was I think she escaped but uh, he, they gave him a warning uh, Dutch says no so
2: And, and that might be uh,
0: do you think that would be the Horizon event the event horizon, like the villain's orgasm.
3: Oh, like the start of his like
2: the where he can no longer come back from being a villain. I yes.
4: think so. Yeah, one hundred percent. This was the major blow. To him.
2: His best friend being killed.
4: Mentor. His mentor because of his stupid actions, and he gets shot in front of everybody,
2: in the middle of the street. street yeah.
3: No, and then, yeah, Milton says, this, this is what I think of your deal. So, they start a shootout. Turns, turns pretty bad. So they escape through the roofs, but, uh, Lenny got ahead and Arthur warned him, like, cause like, you know, the door was opening. He's like, watch out! And he, he didn't look in time and got shotgunned? Or...
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, shotgunned.
3: In the, in the stomach.
2: Which is one of the worst ways to die. Yeah. Slow, long bleeding out. And uh, they they couldn't do anything. Yeah, it's like We have to leave them behind. We have to keep escaping. Like, you know.
0: As a result of this failed bank heist, there are only six of the gang left behind. So so many people have died as a result of this failed robbery.
3: So they think of the best plan is to get away for a bit.
0: Flee the country. They end up stowing away on a boat destined for the Pacific, with the indent to come back for the rest of the gang, what few remain. Oh, the Caribbean? Oh, yeah, let's go on a nice beach vacation to get the heat off of our bags. But, you know, I
2: always love a vacation with a good beach. You love going like a- on a
0: cruise? You love going on a cruise that has a shipwreck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, shipwrecks are pretty cool to explore, To experience,
3: it is an experience. I'd like to do that. You'd like
0: to be shipwrecked? No. Okay, (laughs) castaway. Well said. Well said.
2: No, no, I hate to be shipwrecked. I like to see shipwrecks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) So the few gang members that escape the heat end up on a shipwreck and on a. not a deserted island. Uh, however, they get arrested by the local military. And Dutch breaks most of them out, minus Javier, and follow the a leader of a revolutionary group to their rebel outpost, which they discover they are not on a deserted island. They are on a place called Warma.
3: Yep. Warma and, uh, well, they... How long were they there again? It's like weeks all in. Enough
2: Yeah, to be yeah, sunburnt. definitely a, a month almost
3: yeah. I believe and uh, while well, they get captured and everything and the revolutionaries come in so they want to get out because like this full blown revolt happening and they don't want to be a part of it
2: yeah. right like there's something like Spain coming in but also there's like revolutionaries and like beginning and also like slaves being traded yep it's a
0: uh, whole mess That they were not expecting after leaving the mess they were already in.
2: Yeah,
3: it's it was too much on their plate, so they wanted to go back. But first,
2: Uh, we mostly follow Arthur, who uh, just like shows up on a beach, sand all in the face, sunburnt, burnt, Burnt. tired, tired,
0: dehydrated, tired of eating crabs,
2: and we might imagine that everyone living on the island. Might experience the same feeling,
0: like as far as you know from uh, his perspective, it's a desert island. Until you discover it's not,
3: and then gets captured. They break out with the help of the revolutionaries, and uh, they they were told that there's a boat, there's a boat and a captain being held somewhere. So they look, picking around for information, but first they wanted to go pick up Javier,
0: who was still captured. Because he got injured in their escape. Yeah. And they couldn't save him. But they come back like loyal friends.
3: On the... On, oh, yeah. That's another... That's another thing. On the way to Javier, it, it also showed a Dutch's real attempts when he... When the old woman that was guiding them through the little tunnel system...
2: He kills her.
3: In front of Arthur this time.
2: And then Arthur... Arthur uh, goes, Why did you do that? And he goes... It's for the greater good, Arthur! She would have wronged us even more. Yeah, so you can see him becoming more unhinged. More selfish.
0: Maybe a hint at his paranoia against other humans. Yeah. I just think,
3: well, it's Hosea after all. He's not there to stop those thoughts of killing and maiming people.
2: But, do you think, uh, I don't know, and if a mentor is there, it should be a mentor. But maybe Dutch should be a villain because he didn't heed Hosea's warnings in the beginning. And he doesn't heed Hosea's warnings in the end.
0: I mean, Jose is not there, though. And maybe Hosea was not a good enough mentor, the fact that he couldn't resonate with Dutch in the events where Hosea was no longer there.
2: And then, like, he kills that... Old woman being like, she would just rip us off. Like,
3: that whole scene was pretty fucked up.
4: Yeah, it was, it was just, it was very sad, depressing, honestly, to see him like completely not care anymore. That was a good woman, you know? He took her and banged her on the ladder and then stabbed her?
2: Yep, yep. I think after that, I think that changed from uh, what we were talking about earlier. When he had great ideals for people. This shows his true nature as a villain. So, uh, as
3: I said before, the apple's rottening. The core is showing a bit.
2: His excuse is that the old woman would uh, tell people about what they were doing. But do you believe that? So it feels like he was going into more of a villain's arc.
4: But you could also
3: argue he was already a villain. It's just he was... Uh,
0: he's getting more depraved as the days go by. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's almost getting more into a horizon event.
2: It's approaching a, it. Approaching
0: or, the event horizon. Yeah. yeah. Or a
2: villain's orgasm. It's approaching it. Yeah. Maybe he's just edging to his uh, villain's <laughs> nice.
0: orgasm. <laughs> nice. Well, on that note... <laughs> Arthur and Dutch leave the cave after murdering this old woman and end up reconvening with Javier, finding him dragged behind a donkey in a city called Aguas Dulces. And they decide we gotta break our buddy out, so let's cause a distraction. And they decide to use some chemicals and blow up a sugar refinery.
4: And they escaped with a bunch of guards shooting at them. It was brothers. pretty badass, honestly, the escape. Badass,
0: but also messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, messy,
4: but badass is how the fact that they got through that alive. Somehow. Yeah. But Yeah, they dehydrated they're... and beaten and destroyed, too.
0: And you would think they would be out of the woods, but as soon as they're like, okay, we're away from this island, they, like, hit the beaches and a Cuban warship is there, like, full of militia attacking them. So they're like, we got out of one bad situation. What do we do in this situation? We're being attacked by a military now. So <laughs>
4: sick. And like, the, the, it was just, they did like a final stand. They were like, just fuck it, let's, let's go off. And they, they actually fought against the militia.
0: Yeah. I think they took a valiant front on the beach and realized they would be outnumbered, but eventually started using their noggins and found cannons to fire at the warship and eventually sink it.
4: I feel like they're just better skilled in combat in general because they have more they're more in the environment. Like these soldiers, they're they they just have just been training while well. they've been Dutch and, and Arthur and all that have been pretty much fighting for their lives and I guess their entire
0: life. It'd be like going to an MMA gym and punching at a bag for your entire life, but when you actually have to start punching against a person, the whole body is going to be different. It's not a punching bag. Exactly.
4: That's why they've just been able to completely like even destroy policemen. You know, like
0: yeah, they have a lot more uh, streets experience, street smarts.
4: Yeah, they're they're, they're the final outlaws. You know, it it was they're pretty badass.
0: So, Dutch and his gang on the desert island end up fighting against a cuban warship on the beach and end up using a cannon to sink said ship a lot of things are up against them but they manage to make their way out and after more fighting and kidnapping the gang ends up finding a boat and returns to the mainland once they return to civilization who do you expect will go against them the pinkertons yeah they get attacked again by this gang. And as in typical Dutch fashion, he goes, we need to find a new camp. This episode was brought to you by Big Shots. Hola
2: amigos, calling all six bounty hunters in the strawberry area. How y'all doing?
0: Now it's time for Big Shots, the show that talks all about fugitives.
2: Of course, today's Big Shot is a double whammy. We got two vagabonds called Pistol Pete and Dimitro's Meat. Pistol Pete is wanted for a vast amount of serial poisoning and his partner in crime. Demetrio's meat for helping to supply these atrocities by illegally crossing the border with the materials.
0: Oh my, did they poison the waterhole?
2: Oh, now they did, so keep a lookout for a really buff Greek guy and a bald Ukrainian man.
0: And the good news is, they're worth a whopping shout-out on our next episode if you catch them.
2: Now, 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 you must bring in these fugitives of alive and undamaged. If you kill them, kiss the reward goodbye. Oh, what's well this? Oh no! We've just been informed that the Council Cowboy Trin and his partner in crime, the Transient Vampire Zenith,
0: are still on the line. The bounty has been raised from not only one year of free drinks at the saloon that got shot up after they opened their silver tongues, but now including a free horse!
2: Some limitations apply. Please return some conditions before fulfilling your bounty.
0: The Council Cowboy and Transient Vampire are wanted
2: alive, dead, or undead. Now go out and get them, buckaroos!
3: that brings us to the final chapter
0: now after this wild adventure that has happened after his loyalties being tested and also his own metal Dutch begins to lose it he starts getting paranoid of his own gang and begins demanding loyalty from them tightening his hold over them when Arthur and Sadie begin to refuse Dutch orders he thinks they're disloyal and starts getting like Angry with everyone around him, his paranoid delusions kind of take hold.
3: And oh yeah, there's two new members that Micah recruits, uh, Cleet and Joe, that are scummy, ruined a bit, like, I don't know how to describe them, but they look shady. Anyway. They're hillbillies, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. Does that further uh, Dutch's delusions, or he's just like, oh,
4: okay, cool, you're my kids now. He's pretty much just like tired. Yeah. Mercenaries, like they don't care about anything, just doing the job and getting the money, you know. No more family. Yeah, no more family.
0: It's all for the gig. So that really shows his values have been fully tainted.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That brings us to Ansberg and the whole where they want to finish off Cornwall once and for all. So they find him unloading on a boat and they confront him, and he laughs it off saying he will forever be hunted. Something along those lines, I I don't remember. But uh, Dutch says, can't do that, and shoots him. And uh, Cornwall falls into the water and a whole shootout begins in the town and everything. (laughs) They escape for a bit. Oh, and they're also in the cave. And it's ironic, too, since chapter two, Dutch said, we're not going to live in no cave. And they
0: end up doing just that.
3: Exactly. But yeah, the whole Ansberg situation was pretty bad too. And there's also another chance to, once and for all, uh, finish off Como Driscoll. There was a hanging at St. Denis.
0: Yeah, where uh, Dutch's gang dresses as police officers and sabotages, but not actually sabotages the hanging because they've seen O'Driscoll get away with everything. So they go there to ensure he will die. And he does.
3: Counter-sabotage, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
3: And, uh, Oh yeah, the another thing was uh, Arthur's T V kicking in after the trip back from Guam.
0: too. Oh, it started getting more so
3: sad. Oh my god. I know. I know man. It's the saddest point.
0: Man. Sickly Sickly man.
3: And over and over progressing through the missions you see it getting worse and worse, like your screen fades, a bit like... cops falls on the floor.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised Dutch didn't end up getting it being in close quarters, but
3: exactly and there's another thing too that happened uh, there was uh, the whole uh, situation between the natives in the Wapiti and the US Army since they wanted to push them out of the land because there was oil up there
0: oh yes of course as they're still doing today
3: <laughs> exactly we're yeah. we gonna get killed after this or. <laughs>
0: No, it's a a trend throughout history, as we see in this video game and still in modern times, where a lot of military forces will try and invade indigenous land for oil. And that is a big arc in the video game, not only stealing horses, but also trying to get oil, in which Dutch's gang gets roped in. One would think for the valiant effort of defending the natives and their sovereignty, but for Dutch, it's really just kind of a fuck you to the government, as far as I see Dutch is trying to steal the horses back to fuck them and then blow up the oil refinery as, like, the biggest fuck you. But it doesn't really end well.
3: Yeah, That was the the first and last time you see uh, Dutch not going to rescue someone that he sees as family, too.
0: True, true. It's somebody that's just kind of involved in the periphery of the situation. Yeah. He
3: just walks away when Arthur was, like, uh, he got hit by a huge... I think he got hit by the steam and it caused him to like fall back and some guards rushed him. But you see in the foot in the cutscene the Dutch's footsteps get closer and then slowly walk away and out of the scene.
0: He becomes coward almost in these moments, like towards yeah. the end of his career.
4: He's completely lost himself.
0: Right. And this is a part of this whole situation, but also like a little bit of a side. But Dutch has this plan of trapping tarring and feathering the army that's going against these indigenous people and of course there's another shootout you know people are held at gunpoint but Arthur and Dutch approach a cliff face where they kind of reach their final like standoff with a position of power and Dutch goes on almost like a stereotypical villains monologue it's not as villainous as something like I will usurp you but he talks about how you can't fight gravity and you can't fight change and in this monologue, he kind of faces his rebirth, I would say. He and Arthur back up to the edge of the cliff and, in a dramatic moment, fall in efforts to escape being shot, but also to save their own lives because they know that there's a river underneath them. But it's just so over dramatic, like, we can't escape gravity, falls to your death, kind of thing. Exactly. But they're not actually dead yet.
3: They were using, and then Dutch later just said, decided- screw it. We need, we need a distraction to get out. Yeah. So they go and, uh, cause now the, the military and the natives are on a brink of a civil war. Yeah. And, uh, so Dutch uses that and uh, uses a train to blow up a bridge. So no more munitions comes into the, to the state. And so they get John and Arthur to blow it up in the middle of the night or day, whatever time you're playing. And, uh, they talk about how like Dutch is changing and uh, Arthur tells them that it's too late. I think we gotta get out of this.
0: Mm-hmm. They, they're they trying to make a contingency to leave the family they once knew, in a way.
3: Yeah. And over time as you see with the mission going through like people are leaving Trelawney. Uh, you for you force you for Strauss out. It's not for him. They love him but he shouldn't be associated with the game whatsoever so they kick him out. Uh... What's the priest again? There? They kick him out and they he, he was afraid to like ask to leave now because he was a dr- a drunk at the beginning of the game, but now he's like completely fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's afraid to like ask to leave, so he got Arthur's blessings and he left.
0: Yeah. It's just people like leaving in droves either with consent or without because it's in their better interest. Yeah. The gang is not what it used to be.
3: Exactly. Mary Beth, all of them.
0: And as Dutch is noticing this, he's starting to call people cowards, but really he has become the coward himself.
3: Exactly. When the bridge went off, a whole war erupted and the chiefs of the sun wanted to go to war, but the chief himself said this is not a war for you. I've already lost the son, I don't want to lose another That was super deep. Yeah, no, so he uses the situation and the son dies, you see in the casting Dutch is a coward in that. And then they said, enough's enough, so. After that, they said, one more.
0: (laughs) Which was the train robbery?
3: Yep. And that went
0: terrible. Yeah. They plan another Dutch and Micah. Huh, Micah. Always making plans that don't really go quite well. They plan another train robbery after most of the gang has ditched. But it doesn't go well, and John, one of the favorite sons, gets shot and falls off the train. And in, like, a, a moment that I don't know because I haven't seen in terms of the visuals of the game, but it seems like Dutch is going to save his favorite son, quote-unquote. He's going to make the efforts to save John. And he returns to the gang without John, implying that he's dead.
3: After the whole train thing, uh, Abigail gets captured by the Pickertons, and Arthur was the one that initiated, we should go and help her, because it's the boy's mother, and it's the whole values, but Dutch said, we cannot lose anymore, we got to stay her. focused. Exactly. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: He's just kind of throwing everyone to the wayside at this point.
4: Yeah.
3: So Arthur and
4: Sadie go in, and, uh, well... He's completely lost care in the world. Oh, Dutch just doesn't Jack. care. He just wants to get the money and yeah. leave as fast as he can, because... Things are unraveling, it's tight. He just wants to get it over with. He says that, but
3: he stays here. (laughs) And so, Sadie and Arthur make their way through the town of Van Horn. A shootout begins. And they got to the Pinkertons. And uh, Milton says uh, about a mole. And he dies afterwards, after saving Abigail. And they rush back. And Arthur said, enough, and drew out a gun at, at Micah, saying, you were a mole the entire time. They started escalating and escalating, and everybody had their gun drawn. And it wasn't until John came in, and that distracted uh, Mike enough to get a quick shot into Miss Grimshaw, and she dies. Yeah, that it who was fun. an
0: ex-lover of Dutch? Right?
3: Yeah, and then that that made Dutch freak out. Me. Drew out his guns and pointed it at everybody and asked, who's with me and who's against me?
0: I would also think the fact that John comes back after Dutch says, like, oh, no, he didn't make it would jar him. But I guess there was more of the distraction factor there.
4: You left me to die.
0: Yeah, so not only has he learned there's a betrayal in his midst, his ex-lover is dead, and his ex-son is back from the dead, everything is upended.
3: That's the second time they have to save uh, John at the prison too and not this but this time John manages to get back by himself but the other time it was uh, Arthur and Sadie had to break into the prisons and get him out but yeah no so the whole confrontation escalated escalated and uh, everybody took their sides John and Arthur versus the rest mm-hmm. Javier does, did not he always liked the neutral yeah so he pointed his gun above <laughs> which is cool
0: I guess at this point, especially with like everyone joining up with Dutch against John and Arthur, at least for a typical villain's arc, as we have defined in this podcast, this would be the uh villain's orgasm or the villain's event horizon for Dutch, where he basically turns his back on his favorite children,
3: yep and that's uh, I mean if Hosea, lenny Sean were there, they would have sided with
0: Arthur John and Arthur, yeah. But they're no longer there, so everybody's just kind of blindly following Dutch, even though he's misguided.
3: Exactly. Yeah, uh, there, there was going to be a shootout between the rest and uh, John and Arthur. The Pinkertons come in, and uh, they escape, but John and Arthur uh, fight them off and...
0: Fend for themselves, basically.
3: Basically, and they had a, and they escaped, but uh, it wasn't for too long, because Arthur was thinking to go back for the money, or you could, like, help John escape. Yeah, no, so... You you go you go help John, your horse dies. Sad scene, I <laughs> know. Then you then you do a battle on this cave, and then you get tackled by Micah.
0: And it's kind of like a not a standoff, but there was a fight between Dutch Micah and Arthur.
3: And uh, there was a huge like calling him cowardly, but uh, Arthur would have kicked his ass yeah, instantly. <laughs> instantly, but he was sick, so he had to be nerfed for the fight.
0: right i mean as far as i'm aware arthur dying pleads to dutch swearing that micah is a traitor and micah's like no 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 come with me take the money i'm not a traitor i swear but this is the point where dutch is kind of like fuck all of y'all i have abandoned my view of reality and i've fucked everyone and he kind of just walks away from both of them without a word essentially ending the vanderlyn gang
4: that was so sad. Oh, man. It was what, what, a, a what a
3: story, yeah. Arthur dying on top where he said to where he would want to be buried. Hosea said, I want to be buried right next to friends. Same thing with Lenny. Their mm-hmm. graves are in the same place, which is sad.
4: Also kind of Arthur sad, wanted
3: to a face way. Yeah, it's, it's a foreshadow, too. There's a bunch of foreshadows in the game. I like it. Arthur dies and At least John made it out, and that that picks up the epilogue after that such a sad ending that, honestly, it made me cry. It It was really beautiful.
0: After all of these encounters, around or prior to 1907, Dutch ends up reuniting with the Snake Micah, and oddly enough, they finally retrieve the money from the failed fairy robbery after so many years. Later, the old gang members end up storming Mount Hagen, where Micah and Dutch have been reciting, and they want to get revenge on Micah for his betrayal.
3: And there was a whole episode of uh, him building his ranch.
4: That was so wholesome. Oh, I love the music. I know, it was so it was wholesome. wholesome. Be, it'd be, it'd be just just like a, a farmer's style. art I'm cool. like not Good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It shows how John just wants to live a normal life. I love John Marston. He, he tries he? to because he's he, one of my favorite characters. He wants mind. to get away from it, but he always keeps getting dragged. He's a complete into it. Sigma male Chad, and complete
3: respect for him. Sigma male Chad, Omega male, you mean?
1: Omega <laughs> male. <laughs>
3: but yeah, no. So he he finds Charles fighting. They team up. They find Uncle getting drunk at Blackwater. <laughs> what was a getting... fucking surprise! <laughs> <laughs> while they were getting, while well, John was getting a loan for the new ranch he wants to build, small and loan they... a million dollars, and they also find Sadie at Blackwater too. Spire.
0: So it's like get the gang so... together. Exactly, <laughs> 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 Who's a simp for Sadie?
3: No. And so they build the house. Everything's quiet until news breaks out that they found them. So they go off. That whole fucking mission was badass as shit. Though. Hell yeah. They're on a stakeout. Yeah, where the start, they were getting sniped. Charles, got, uh, no, it was Sadie that got sniped. Charles stays back to the himself. so John goes on alone to the top. That entire sequence was fucking badass. Oh, yeah. The beginning where you have to, like, kill Joe and Cleet... The hired guns. And maybe family is stronger than hired guns, it seems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mother shocker, man. <laughs> Holy fact. Because yeah. they just
3: get
4: wiped. You can use any gun for that. It's hilarious. Oh my god, it was so epic. Fuck. I just shot Micah in the balls like, the <laughs> entire time. Like, it was just aiming at his dick. Like, I was not aiming. His dick and his face just... <laughs> it was, I was like the best ending to any video game ever.
0: So when you're playing as John, it eventually ends up as a standoff between uh, Micah and revenge. Dutch, yeah.
3: John, being well, it's Micah the... and John, and then Dutch comes in. Yeah. John being an
4: absolute legend of a man, uh, but... you know, just takes it into his own hands to get revenge over his uh, fallen older brother. Exactly, and
3: you you could see Dutch like John is trying to influence him, so he doesn't like kill him and okay. kill Micah, and uh, he he thought it didn't work until. Dutch lowered the gun to John and shot Micah, releasing Sadie. Yeah, the whole shooting him wherever and the little walk-off he does before falling is is funny. I like it.
4: I hate that guy.
0: So Micah eventually gets killed off by John, and Dutch just kind of leaves this situation again without saying anything, right? He's kind of like, alright, another standoff, another shootout. I'm out of here.
3: And then... Oh, the happy they get! Uh, Abigail and John always wanted to get married, and they finally did. They had a little wedding.
0: Yeah, and this is, as far as I know, it's also that Dutch leaves behind the money from the um, the Blackwater situation for his like last remaining kids, including John. Yep. To allow him to get married in a way, right? Which was wholesome of him, mm. for once. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly
2: wholesome.
0: Oddly wholesome. Now, for the end of at least this red dead chapter uh, there were a lot of rumors going around about what was left to stand for dutch somebody said that he died in a fire in a fucked up robbery in 1906 somebody else said they saw him in colombia but really he ended up just going off on his own and forming a new gang using the hatred of the uh, native people against the government and modernization to pursue them into attacking settlers so he's kind of back on his old bullshit
1: yep and
3: that ends off red dead 2 what no. a game. What a game. I love <laughs> right.
0: that game.
4: Fucking masterpiece. That masterpiece is a game. They should make that into... Aren't they making a movie?
0: I think. I could see them doing that. Yeah. A movie I mean, or sure. a TV show would be nice. I think a series would probably fare better because it's so long. Like, just in researching this episode, like, it took so many hours.
4: Like, if they can make a Last of Us TV show, they can make a, a Red Dead. Oh, yeah. Fair I fair. would I would pay money to make that.
0: I think it would do well too. Like after seeing how successful Westworld was, doing a western that's not like a sci-fi, I think would still fare very well in the public opinion.
4: Yeah, exactly. And written, well-written characters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think John should be played by uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be interesting. I love Keanu. <laughs> you don't see
4: John Marston and Keanu Reeves being with the by long calories. greasy ass hair. I do. Yeah, I could. Who's
0: gonna play
3: Arthur though?
4: Matthew McConaughey. John
1: Guillermo Esposito. (laughs) John (laughs) Carlos (laughs) Esposito. You could
3: (laughs) call me (laughs)
4: Gus. You could call me (laughs) Gus.
1: You could call me.
3: No.
0: Now we're going to be talking a little bit about Red Dead Redemption 1 because in this series it is not in chronology. So following all of these events we've talked about Nineteen Eleven, John Marsden is informed that Dutch has been spotted somewhere in Blackwater, and so John begins searching for his former father figure.
4: Red Dead One is amazing, and it's my childhood. Yeah, so uh, you know, have respect for Red Dead One.
0: I think that's for a lot of people, actually. So no, yeah. no shame.
4: It's 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 an amazing game. It follows John's story and redemption arc. Pretty much, he's um. He he wants to live a life with his family on the ranch, but um the, the the Federal Bureau wants him to to hunt down uh his old gang and then he can continue on in peace. And he has no choice or else like he'll literally they'll arrest him and, and, and seize the farm.
0: So they're using his old mob ties as leverage exactly. for their own gain.
4: Yeah. So he pretty much goes on uh, on a journey finding every last member of the gang that was left over, which was... Who did he show? Do you remember? It was... Um, Bill. Bill Williamson. Javier. Javier Azuela. I think those were like the only two I remember.
0: Mm-hmm. I and Dutch.
4: And then after that, the last one was Dutch, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. When he finally finds Dutch, he, um, he's kind of like a destroyed human being like he's at the end of his ropes he just doesn't care about running anymore and he's just like a a, a, a former
0: shell of himself yeah almost. like his old grandiose ideas when you see him later he's just kind of this husk of a man that doesn't care about humans doesn't care about making a better world he's just kind of deranged in the wild like yeah.
4: that's what happens when you use every single person that cares about you you're left alone and he don't care about life anymore. And that's why, like, he just... John didn't want to kill him at the end. He was just like, he, this guy's already dead inside. You know, there's nothing left. And he allowed him to kill himself. That's my point. Like, I think yeah. he... John could have killed him instantly, but... I feel like he just... He just saw a destroyed human. He felt bad. Yeah. That's why he didn't just put him down.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole... the They were rubbing the... The Blackwater Bank, yeah. And he says, like, he... It was a mistake that he did by leaving him years ago yeah. to die. And, yeah. well, as as the final thing, he shoots the hostage so he could buy his time to escape. Thus begins a long uh, hunt for Dutch Vanderloo.
0: Right, as has been. Dutch continues to escape John and Lawman who are chasing him. And eventually... The Dutch and his gang are surrounded, and he announces he plans on killing John and anyone else for sport. It's kind of a weird tables are turned, like, you used to be in my family, I don't care. So you really see evident that his character has shifted in this moment, where he's just like, fuck you, you're dead. You're dead to me.
3: And then a huge gunfight ensues.
0: As is for most of the story, honestly. There's a big gunfight but eventually it ends up with John facing Dutch alone and them both attempting to kill each other. Now, I guess kind of the final moment, as you were mentioning about caves earlier, um, as John and Dutch have a shootout with each other, Dutch flees into caves, followed by John held at gunpoint. You were saying earlier, Dutch was like, we're not going to be those cowards that retire into caves, and this is his final moment, and he does just what he never set out to do which is kind of a sad irony at this point, which I think brings us to the villain's atonement and resolution. Dutch talks to John and tosses his gun, discussing the inevitability of his situation, and that, like, much like gravity, you can't escape what's going on, or the changing times that he is so bound to, like gravity.
4: Yeah. It's inevitable. It's inevitable.
0: Dutch laments his failed virtues, and the fact he's tried his whole life to fight these things that he can't escape... The law, everything going on around him. And he also kind of states, like, even if I am gone from the picture, there's always going to be another monster like me for people to pin their fears on. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about with scapegoats earlier. Dutch is at least self-aware enough to know that governing bodies will always find another scapegoat, too.
4: Yeah, he wasn't dumb. He was just selfish. He was selfish, and he felt
3: like he was in the past. He was living in the past, and to finish it all off, Dutch takes a step back and falls to his death on the cliffside.
0: It kind of rhymes with when he and uh, Arthur in Red Dead Two were escaping the law, and they jumped off the back of a cliff, but they landed in a river. But this time, there's no river to catch his fall. He yeah. is
3: done. That doll was funny though.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like you could hear it, like tumbling. <laughs>
0: a broken laundry machine.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it was sad, though. Seeing one of the legends that John looked up to. will go down.
0: It, it is a little bit tragic in a way. Like, it's just not a happy ending. But most stories aren't actually. And
3: once the law was done with uh, Dutch, they went after John.
0: Exactly. So I guess that would be his legacy in a way the fact that he brought up this child as part of his gang his he had his atonement but then his son is has like a similar fate
4: i i miss john
0: i miss jane too do you miss john
4: yeah boy. he's the best cowboy ever Mm
0: -hmm. the rootinest tootinest cowboy Mm -hmm. the rootinest tootinest cowboy exactly
3: john was smart but arthur knows how to be a tough muscle
4: yeah, but John just had a heart, and that's why I loved him more. Yeah, Arthur, too, they they both were loving, but John just had his family, and he was a good man, you know?
3: He wanted to be a good man, yeah. but he, every time he was dragged into the, the same bullshit.
0: Into the weeds. Basically. He never
4: wanted to be a part of that.
0: Well, that covers our overview for uh, Dutch Vanderlin. Shorter?
4: he <laughs> wasn't that
3: much in the game to begin with introduced halfway through
0: right right but like he is a very important character throughout it so i I feel like we did a good job like covering his relevance in
3: the first game and we saw so so much more in red dead 2 yeah
0: yeah you're with him a lot exactly so um i guess to sum up i'll uh give like an overview of the villain's arc all the plot points that we've covered for this and then we can get into his alignment and tactics So, for starters, he had a mentor, Hosea, who taught him the way of being a con man, and then later, Micah kind of acted as a mentor, but in the worst way possible. He kind of, like, shaped Dutch's ideas and, like, convinced him in ways that were not good.
3: Yeah, manipulation.
0: Yeah. Um, His threshold and trauma was when his uh, lover Annabelle was killed by a rival gang member of Driscoll. Throughout Dutch's life, his temptations and motivation kind of shifted. He started with the uh, doing good kind of mentality, the Robin Hood guy, steal from the rich, give to the poor. But eventually, at least to me, it seemed like his motivations turned more towards, I want to get money for my gang. I want to get money for myself. And then, of course, like that fantastical escape to an island of Tahiti.
3: It changes. It started from good and then it got
0: worse. It gets more and more corrupt. Yep. Yeah. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, as they say. And he didn't have absolute power per se, but over his gang, maybe.
3: Yeah. yeah. So he started to make his own rules
4: and then started to get... Really he, got, he got an ego. Yeah. yeah. He got an ego.
0: Right. Um, I would say his revelation in death was when he nearly dies in a bar fight towards the early end of, or like, the beginning of his life but is saved by Micah. Although... To be fair, Dutch has a few, like, near-death experiences, but I feel like that's one of the most, like, for- more formative events for him.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I could I could see that, actually.
0: I think, uh, Dimitro, you argued earlier in the outline um, that the you can't stop gravity where he and Arthur jumps off the cliff would also be his death.
3: Yeah, like. because that's physical, more.
0: Right, I mean, at the the last time he jumps off the cliff, that is his physical death. But I was thinking the first instance where they fall into the river is more of a transformation. the The act of evading the law, transversing time to end up in the river, and also the act of being in the river is kind of like a symbolic baptism, at least to me. Where he goes full throttle after that into Billy, being a villain.
3: I don't know. That's that's actually a good point. Then. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. I... No, 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 no. I see it now. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm good. I, I don't know what to say. No, that's okay. That's okay. All
0: right. You asked earlier uh, what is the villain's orgasm or the villain's event horizon? For me, it's when he turns on Arthur and John. But there are so many instances with Dutch that he has had a turning point, at least for me, like with this podcast, the villain's orgasm or event horizon is where you cannot turn past and be redeemed. So were there other instances you saw with Dutch that he was irredeemable as a character?
4: Oh, irredeemable. Yeah. And killing the innocent women. Oh, yeah, that, that no, the bad. first Betraying thing. his family. Yeah. And, you know, robbing innocent people. Killing innocent people as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like a lot of those are, like, general villain points, but yes... Depending on how you look at things, that is a point of irredeemability, so that's fair. I think for me, what hit was that, like, at least when I was reading about it and, like, watching part of it, Arthur and John seemed to be his favorite, and then the point where he gangs up against them was the point of no return.
3: So then you talk about his resolution. What's that?
0: Yeah, this one was a little bit nebulous when we were discussing it earlier before recording the podcast. Initially, I thought it was when he left behind money from Blackwater for, like, Sadie and uh, John and, like, the few remaining gang members, but I think, uh, one of you argued that it was also his realization that he could never escape the law, despite his want as a, uh, West, Wild West figure. I think both could be considered a resolution. Yeah. And then, what is Dutch's legacy? Not
4: his children, I guess, but children. is John, but John ends up dying. I guess Jack, really. Yeah,
3: Jack becomes the legacy of the Mandalorian. game.
0: Yeah, and maybe not in a good way either. Like, he kind of has this bad taste in his mouth of, like, this is all the shit that my parents went through, that my non-biological parent went through, like, all of these kind of nasty things that fucked everyone.
4: They killed his uncle, they killed his parents.
3: Can't wait for Red Dead 3. That's (laughs) That's gonna come out.
0: I think also in a way um, Dutch became kind of a legend in the outlaw community for better or for worse in the way of kind of like Billy the Kid or uh, Pistol Pete.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: we are approaching the end, but let's cover a little bit of the villain's archetype and his alignment really quick. Dutch, I would say, is a stereotypical criminal archetype. He is in it for money and power, at least towards the end. But I would also argue that he starts as a little bit of an anti-villain or a gray hat. He has the evil intentions of robbing from the rich with the sympathetic intentions of giving to the poor. So I think he starts with these kind of uh, noble actions, a little bit gray, gray character, and then eventually shifts to become corrupted and criminal.
4: That's pretty fair, yeah. I would say the exact same thing, honestly. You can also argue he's an authority figure, too. Yeah.
0: I mean, he is a gang leader and an outlaw, so... He
4: do, he does have honor in what he does. That's at true. At the start. But that slowly goes Degrades away. when he realizes, like, he'd rather just survive than have honor. Nobody to keep him in check and always
3: looking for an escape and everything, but not listening to anybody, just himself. Yeah. So you could also argue he's corrupted as well,
0: right, I guess in terms of his authority figure ness like when he has his gang, he has his code that is a little bit moral ish and as he becomes corrupted is when he becomes more criminal.
3: Uh, what's the gray hat
0: one um a character with evil intentions but sympathetic intention or e- evil and sympathetic intentions, so like I'm going to rob from the rich, which would be stereotypically evil but give to the poor which would be sympathetic so like doing a good thing for a bad reason
3: yeah okay so he's finding good in the bad situations he wants to do
0: yeah i mean he's a complex character but i guess in terms of his archetype it's not super complex but there was a point of contention we discussed earlier which is what kind of villain's alignment would he have there are many different types, but I think the ones that we initially touched on were lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. So we are, with Dutch, we are in the evil spectrum. But why is he lawful, neutral, or chaotic?
4: I think he's lawful because he, he organizes the entire gang. There's, there's certain rules that have to be met at the start. Morals. there's morality there's morals there's there's a certain code that you need to follow and there's an honor amongst thieves like I don't think it's I mean that, a crime is within the system so he is achieving power within the system in a way criminality he wants to be the best and he does eventually become one of the, the strongest gangs
2: and
0: crime in- is part of his own code too yeah,
4: exactly so I, I think he is lawful equal.
2: I think he might be actually uh, a bit more of a neutral evil
4: okay I would I would say
3: he's lawful evil at the start, but he gets more and more chaotic evil. He wants to like do batshit insane things like rob the main bank, kill Angelo Bronte use the war against the natives and the Amer- and the American military to, to his own it. advantage exactly kill Cornwall so he could do that like he doesn't care. He needs to do this so it so his plans can move forward.
0: I think I agree with both of you. I think at his root cause, when he is a little bit more idealistic and moral as much as you can be moral as a criminal, he starts lawful evil, and I think throughout his journey he shifts to being chaotic evil.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. With that, do you guys have anything else you want to say about Dutch Vanderlin?
3: He sucks. <laughs> he sucks,
4: but he's such an interesting yeah, I agree. He's a good villain.
0: I think his dynamic and his character shift is what makes him really intriguing.
4: He's very realistic. He's a realistic, believable. Villain. He's believable. I, 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 it's it's sad and it sucks, but he is a good villain. Yeah, uh, I I just like him. He's honestly on my list of favorite villains. Yeah. Yeah. He's
3: he's a one he's one villain that like you could say like he could exist in history and all that.
0: So, Pistol Pete and Demetrio's Meat, what made you villainous this month?
4: Uh, <laughs> when, I work, when I worked at McDonald's uh, and people asked me for Diet Coke or Diet whatever, Sprite, I'd give them normal Sprite or Coke because I, I just felt like an evil mastermind. And
0: you felt idea. like... Poisoning people.
4: Yeah, dude, I was screwing with their life. You know, like they had no idea I was. You could have
0: killed a diabetic person. You know this, right?
4: You, you know what? You know what? They should do background checks before hiring a McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, that's all I have to say.
0: So okay. McDonald's is the real corporate villain, then.
4: Exactly. Like they should have known better, <laughs> They gotta do a psychological God. test now for
0: <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> like your double speak. What are you thinking?
4: <laughs> oh, believe it or not, I work in security. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> continue, continue, continue,
3: uh, So, for what I've done, villainous this month, casually jaywalking—you know, cross the street, cross the highway. Then, you know...
0: Sometimes crossing a border. border. Crossing (laughs) a
4: border?
3: Yeah. I just felt like it. You know, it's one of those days where I gotta cut time, so I just cross a border. Yeah, four different passports. nasty. You have, like, four different passports and and different names. No, I don't. Then it's nice.
0: (laughs) 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 No, to be fair, uh, like, for the most part, for me, I'm fine. I condone jaywalking. There was one time that I was cycling and there was a jaywalker and I smashed into him on my bike because he was jaywalking and I, and I couldn't stop. He, we were both fine, but he lost his shoe and I flew off my bike. So I'm always like, it's okay to jaywalk as long as there's no other vehicle forms around.
4: It's exactly. <laughs> okay. We do organized crime, so we would never be in that situation. Yeah. I love ours. <laughs> we only do crime when it suits us.
0: Well, for me, I robbed a sushi joint. I did some organized crime recently. It wasn't actually that bad, I uh, was at a sushi buffet and they charge for the sushi you don't finish and we were a little bit too ambitious so I got a bunch of napkins and I put the sushi in it and stuffed it in a pocket and we were feeling like smooth criminals with extra sushi that we didn't get charged for even though we actually got charged for it. But we didn't get charged for the waste! Actually, I, I, I think I, uh, my got hit with that because I almost got
2: into a fight with the mob boss. What? After, like, spilling some trash everywhere. So I was cleaning up after a party and I was trying to, uh, go down the stairs, like, with a, like, a bunch of, like, trash and whatnot, like, a bunch of, like, bottles, of like, uh, some refined drinks, some drinks of culture, <laughs> obviously. And
0: <laughs> man, after all.
2: And um, uh, I probably looked like really homeless because sometimes there's like uh, people in the streets or like around here who uh, will like gather recyclables. You
0: know. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was because you were like hungover and greasy.
2: Yeah, probably, probably that too. Probably didn't help the fact. <laughs> but anyway, I was going down the stairs, and uh, one of the bottles broke. Uh, and, uh... The bottle or the bag? uh, Oh, yeah, it was the bag. My bad. The bag broke, like, because it was, like, way too heavy and, like, full of just, like, a bunch of crap. And, uh, like, a few bottles, like, smashed and, like, smashed all over. And so I was, like, kind of cleaning them up. And then I repaired the bag. But as I was repairing the bag, this guy... (laughs) Just, like, out of nowhere, like, comes out. He's, like, what, what, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you here? Which apartment do you live in? I'm, like, oh, I was just over. And I'm just cleaning up. And then he's, like, what the heck? And he's, like, yelling at me, like, on the stairs. It was, like, super overreaction. This is at, like,
0: what, 5 a.m., right? Yeah, this
2: is, like, at, like, 6 a.m., like, in the morning. It was, like, so bizarre. He was just, like, wiling out. And uh, I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm just over here for a little bit. And he's, like who are you get out right now and i'm like i'm trying to clean this up and like he almost didn't want me to clean it up which was like the craziest thing like i was like i thought
0: <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like i'm trying to do the right thing and he's like i just don't want you here i'll deal with the glass shards and the trash on the floor Right, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So anyway, I like he was just like yelling at me, and so I
2: continued, and I uh, fixed up the bag. But uh, I, I really made one person's day—absolute uh, <laughs> hell. <laughs> and I felt like I was almost gonna get murdered myself. <laughs> but I took out the trash and called uh, called an Uber back home.
0: <laughs> All right, Pistol Pete and Dimitro, would you like to plug anything?
4: Yeah. Uh, oh, you go. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. Follow <laughs> me on Instagram at underscore P-A-R-A-S-K-E underscore.
0: Paraske.
4: Yeah, Paraske. Paraske. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how about
3: you, Dimitri? What do you want to plug? Honestly, nothing, because people will just find me through Peter.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that List is, you don't want to be found. Respect your local government. Yeah. Respect, respect the security guards. No. Yeah. Have a great day. Or night. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This was fun. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm honored. This is a fun experience. I've never done this before. And I have experience now for the YouTube later on. Yes. We are very excited. Thank you.
2: And if you'd like to be part of the World Domination Committee, follow us on whatever interface you choose to listen to podcasts. And leave us a review.
0: You can also infiltrate the Wired with us at worlddomination.ca.
2: And send us some villainous correspondence to committee at
0: worlddomination.ca. Ha <laughs> ha You can also read our infrequent yet snarky remarks on the hellscape that is Twitter at The WDC Podcast. Not to be confused with WDC Podcast.
2: You can kind of see what shenanigans I'm up to at trend.tech.
0: And you can help to proliferate the gay agenda by reading my comic, What We Do in the Closet, on Tapas and Patreon.
2: That's all, fuckers! This podcast was brought to you by... Bad Baby! Productions.